And you're listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. And you just heard there, Little Bebby and the Stereos with Drinking Wine, Spody Odie. Today on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show, an interview with Mastercraft. Right now, before we get to some Mastercraftian action, I'm going to play some Bobby Taylor and the Vancouver's. Bobby Taylor was a 1960s rocker from Vancouver that some say discovered Michael Jackson. I'm going to play his version of I Heard It Through the Grapevine. I wanted to follow it up with the Slits version of I Heard It Through the Grapevine, which I've played before, but I couldn't find it. But I did find some brand new Slits. But before I play some brand new Slits, I'm going to play some brand new old Sonics recorded live November 27th 1964 this is Busybody straight from the Norton Records MySpace page no actually it's straight from a vinyl release but you can also stream it on the Norton Records MySpace page it's from an upcoming Sonics live album from November 27th 1964 we're going to hear the Northwest classic Busybody also on the 7 inch is The Witch and then also on the LP are a whole bunch of other great tunes Recorded live, this is Tacoma, Washington Sonics, November 27th, 1964. But before that, we're going to hear some Bobby Taylor and the Vancouver's from 1965-66 with Tommy Chong on guitar. And then we're going to hear some brand new slits. Yes, some brand new slits. What's interesting about this recording is not only is it the slits, we have the sons of Adam and the Ants and the sons of the Sex Pistols, Paul Cook, playing on the sing. So we got Marco from Adam and the Ants. We've got Paul Cook. We have a whole bunch of sons and daughters playing on this brand new, not the band Sons and Daughters, but some brand new slits called Revenge of the Killer Slits. And in an interview with Mastercraft on Anardwar, the Human Serviette radio show. So here's Bobby Taylor. I heard it's a great find. Then the Sonics, then the Slits, and then Mastercraft on CITR, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia. Canada.
spirit rising, a tears were rising, enticing, we love from this lie in the first of a kind in all things, it's so inviting. tradition. Mastercraft, Jess, uh, I'm, I'm Jesse. Jesse, who'd you have beside you? This is uh, Al P. From? From Mastercraft. Mastercraft, welcome to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Thank you. We feel welcome. Jesse Mastercraft and Al P. What is the connection between Mastercraft and Ludacris? Uh, we, both, we both have our, our own model shoe with Puma. That's what I was interested about. What is the difference between a Mastercraft signature shoe and a Ludacris signature shoe? Um, our shoe has more real ostrich on it, and, uh, and ours doesn't have the Atlanta skyline on the back. And no, these are not our signature shoes we were wearing today. And it's also built, built on a different model Puma shoe. And will this be available in stores? There's only just like a promotional item given out at gigs, like a Mastercraft shoe. You've arrived. Yeah, I, I don't know many people who have a shoe. Actually, that's a good slogan, isn't it? The Mastercraft shoe. You've arrived. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why we wanted it. Actually, I wanted to shoot just so we, when we're talking to people and if they're giving us a hard time, I can just say, where's your shoe? And that kind of there's no argument. It's over. Mastercraft, how hard is it to get a hold of Cindy Lauper? Um, not that hard. It's pretty easy, actually. We were supposed to um, work on a track with her, but the schedules just just didn't line up. And uh, she was touring. Her, she was on tour with her jazz record when we when we needed her to be in the studio. Because there are some people that don't return phone calls. But Cindy Lauper is she easy to get hold of, or is it because you're Mastercraft? Let's pretend it's because we're Mastercraft. Also, incident, incidentally, we were um, going to buy her a pair of shoes as a gift if we had worked on the track together. Yeah. Oh, so a bribe after the fact. Well, someone said flowers, and then we had a, 
a pretty cool friend said, why not shoes? Isn't that way cooler? And it would probably be easy to find a shoe size. What have you guys heard in Mastercraft about rates? Like, I remember years ago, some 41 got, like, DMX to be in their video, didn't they? Yeah, well, wasn't that just because they're on Def Jam? But, like, they paid $50,000 to DMX, and they gave him a flip plane ticket, and he showed up. Sure. Have you heard of that? Like when you've approached people, like pay the money and we'll be there. Or is that kind of like Mastercraft? Yeah, that's what we do. You pay us money and we'll be there. Um, wait, did I answer your question? Kind of. <laughs> and you are Mastercraft. Mastercraft tonight you're playing in Vancouver. However, also playing in Vancouver tonight is DJ Funk. I know. I hope we can, I hope we can see him. What is the difference between DJ Funk and Mastercraft? Well, there's two of us, for starters. <laughs> um, there's, there's one of him. He's going to play at about 150 beats per minute, and the fastest we'll get up to is probably 135. And you've teased the people with the fast beats, haven't you? Like at the V-Fest, you cranked it, didn't you? Yeah, we like to, we like to ramp up, you know, just kind of take it like this. Because that's what I was wondering. DJ Funk, he jumps about quite a bit. What does Mastercraft look like when they're up on stage? I jump about. I, I... Could you describe Al P? What does Al P look like when he's up on stage DJing? Because I was imagine he'd be like this. There's a little bit of that, but without the, without the mouth. <laughs> and Al P, how would you describe Jesse on stage? What do you guys look like on stage? Uh, Jesse kind of grooves around and lurches around a bit. And um, uh, last night he was actually doing a lot of um, kind of like air synthesizer and air drum parts like ar around whatever was playing, um, which was kind of fun to watch. Yeah, I like air synthesizing. It's fun. Because guys like DJ Funk, they really get into it, don't they? Like they really go up and down. You don't ever feel like you got to kind of do that? Oh, we get, we get soaking wet sometimes. We, it's, people are dancing, and we, we, we dance, too. Mastercraft, another great Canadian band is playing in Vancouver soon. Chromio! Awesome. Chromio. Now, some of Chromio's songs remind me a bit of Rockwell. Yes. And I thought it's time for a Rockwell appreciation thread. <laughs> what do you guys think of Rockwell? Could you sing the praises of Rockwell? And tell us a little bit about Rockwell. Please, Jesse F. Keeler of Mastercraft. <laughs> I've never heard the word Rockwell said so many times in a row. A Rockwell appreciation thread. What was it? What was his big song? What was his big song? Somebody's what, watching me. Yeah. Was that was that the video where he, he looks at his hand and there's an eye in his hand at one point? It could be, but it's also that, totally yes. That, that video that video scared me so much when I was a kid, but I loved it. When he goes into like a bathroom and then there's eyes everywhere, I really. I really didn't like the idea of opening my hand and having an eye in my hand looking at me. And that dude was Barry Gordy's son, too. I had no idea. Yes, and Michael Jackson sings the hook. Yeah, I knew that. Something that you guys are looking for, eh? Michael Jackson is sing the hook. Yeah, so maybe you should get into the Rockwell, and maybe that'll help you with a hookup with MJ. So you're saying that Rockwell may be like the stepping stone to Michael Jackson? <laughs> well, actually, let's go back. Chromio is the stepping point to Michael Jackson. Chromio, see, I would have thought Paula Abdul with Chromio, and that's a stepping stone to something completely different. Mastercraft, what is the importance of North Vancouver to Mastercraft? It's uh, 
It's where our girlfriend Rhiannon was from when we bought her. I'm being funny. It's where our recording console was bought in North Vancouver. Yes, from Pinewood Sound, right there, LP? See, yes, sir. <laughs> I know. Why? I knew about it before. Yes, that's correct. Pinewood Sound in North Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Vancouver is somehow associated now with Mastercraft. Thank you. North Van. North Van. What can you say about Pinewood Sound? How did you find about this vintage Neve board in North Van? You stole it from all the Vancouver bands. We did. Now you can't use it. Well, no one was using it. It was sitting in, uh, in its little modules put together just so we could see it. But uh, the guy who was selling it, where was he? In Halifax? Or was well, that's uh, that's a boring part of the story, but we had to deal with a, a secondary entity to you know. Well, the actually, guy we talked to was in like Halifax, selling it for the guy in North Vancouver. A, a brokerage deal. Yeah. And no. Yeah, but that's that's. I spent my bur- I spent my birthday my twenty eighth birthday in or twenty ninth birthday in this looking at the console before we bought it. And that is important for the Mastercraft sound, isn't it, LP? Uh, yeah, it is. Very important. One other thing from North Vancouver, BC, Canada, home of Ake Records, where Death From Above and Femme Fatale kind of got a start. Yep. I, Andy at Ake Records was the first guy that gave me a record deal and also had distribution. And Scratch Records in Vancouver, always stocking my records right from the beginning. So Great. North Vancouver times two... And Vancouver times one. Vancouver three nothing over Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Mastercraft, for giving props to Vancouver. Anytime. <laughs> or maybe you could thank Vancouver for helping Mastercraft. Yeah, I guess Vancouver is a. Did we buy anything else in Vancouver? I bought some twelve inches today. There you go. And so when when he samples those, then there'll be more connections. Mastercraft, you contain a member from the band Death From Above. 1979. In fact, you, Jesse F. Keeler, if I'm not mistaken, were in a band Death From Above. Yes. I was curious. The band CSS from Brazil have that song, Let's Make Love and Listen to Death From Above. Now, how long was it before you heard of this song? Because I understand they wrote that song some of the internet prank to see how long it would be before you contacted them. Um, no, actually, they contacted Mastercraft and they asked us to do a remix, and we said no. But how quickly did you hear about the song? Because they did it like, we're going to write the song, and I wonder how long it's going to be before we can actually talk to the band. It was like their wank for fulfillment, you know, to be able to write that song. Like, how quickly did you hear about that song? I don't know. I don't know when it was made. I know someone someone sent a, a email to me and said, hey, have you heard this? And I said no. And I kind of left it at that. LP, you were not in Death From Above. No. But you did help out with some Death From Aboveing, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Now, LP, you are in Mastercraft, aren't you? Yes. How would you say, LP, that Mastercraft would do having Death From Above as an opening act? How would Death From Above do opening for Mastercraft? Uh, it would be weird. I don't know. It's just they have nothing to do with each other, really. It would be so brief, too, in comparison. We've played for seven hours before, but I, at Death From Above, we were hard-pressed to play for 40 minutes. How about the crowds? What would the Death From Above crowd think of Mastercraft, and what would the Mastercraft crowd think of Death From Above? Like, if Death From Above now opened for Mastercraft, would they bomb? It would depend. No, I don't think so. I think the dance kids are 
are cool enough that they like everything. But the rock kids don't necessarily like the dance. I guess what I was wondering is, one of your favorite bands, of course, is Devo, right, Jesse? Of course. And they used to dress up as another band and open for themselves. Mm -hmm. And pretty much everybody hated the opening band. Sure. So I'm wondering, if you dressed up, if Death From Above dressed up in disguise, would everybody hate Death From Above opening for Mastercraft? I guess I'm wondering about an insight into the crowds. That's a weird way to find insight. Uh... I, I don't I don't know. Jesse from Mastercraft, are you still a VCR? No, not as much. What is it like being a VCR, and how were you a VCR? Because I, I just uh, I just kept doing the same thing every day, and you could just rewind, play, but there's you know it's not like the same as when you do it the first time. LP, what are the fans like in Mastercraft? Uh, they're pretty good. They, yeah, they're drunk. They want to party. They want to hear some good tracks and have a good time. And so far, they've been really good, really great. How exploitive are the Mastercraft fans? For instance, from your past, I understand there was some used Jesse F. Keeler soap that was on eBay. Uh, well, there was a time not that long ago when I didn't have enough money to pay my hot water bill. So I went to my friend's house and I said, can I have a shower? I need. I can't shower in the ice water. And he said, "Yeah." And I had a bar of soap. And he said afterwards, "Are you going to take your soap?" I said, "No, nah, I'll just leave it here. I'll probably come back." And I never came back for it. And he said, "Someday I'm going to sell your soap." And then he, he, I was over at his house, and he's like, "Hey, can you sign sign the soap? And let me just take a picture of you holding the soap." I'm like, "Yeah, sure." And he said, "Just write that it's your soap on the on the soap." And then he sold it on eBay, and people were bidding for it. And someone in another country spent $12 on a bar of Irish spring that I used once. <laughs> Al P, how would you describe the look of Jesse? Um, kind of like, you know, mid-70s rock and roll band member kind of guy. I was hoping you'd say pretty. <laughs> Are people coming to the gigs dressed as Jesse? No, but they come to the gig sometimes wearing our gold Jason masks. Like any fake mustaches at all? Is anybody sporting, like, draw-on mustaches? I know they do that with the Eagles of Death Metal, like markers. I don't know. I, actually, I, I, my eyesight's not so good, so a fake mustache could, as far as I'm concerned, be a perfect mustache. Actually, actually a really good friend of ours just um, made a mustache on his face, and uh, the resemblance to Jesse is uncanny. You can find him on our MySpace, Lazaro Casanova. Check him out. I used to joke that he was my son, but now it, it's very believable. So it's easy to grow a mustache, or is it, Jesse? Uh, yeah, it's pretty easy. I think you could grow a mustache in a second. I think you'll have a mustache by the end of today. Well, actually, what I would like to ask you about, Jesse, is this. In Japan, you encountered a gentleman that actually spent $4,000 to make dreads. Do dreads really cost $4,000? Your fans going that far. Well, he didn't get dreads for me. But, yeah, because they have to get their hair permed, but, like, Afro-tight and then dreaded. And the funny thing is it'll grow in straight, so they have to keep it ma getting it maintained. What? They really missed the point with the dreads. But. What is the problem with computer speakers? What's the problem with computer speakers? Well, the frequency response is just not um, 
not really full range at all. Now, is that a great answer? Is this why you're in Mastercraft? Would if Sebastian have ever said the frequency response? No, he would have. He would have made some crack about something. But Al tells you what how it is. Thank you, Al. Back to you. Yeah. Anyways, the frequency response is very limited. So there's program material, you know, mostly down low that you're not you're not hearing at all. And um, especially for dance music, that's a really big deal. So if you want to listen to dance tracks, you need to get some external speakers and a subwoofer, or else you're missing out, man. When Mastercraft are up there dancing around, because you alluded you do dance and you do sweat, how do you stop the turntables from skipping? Uh, just, you know, with really a, a great touch. <laughs> because this is what I was wondering. When you guys are up there on stage, do you fake anything? Have you faked anything, Jesse? Because, like, you're up there, you want to be doing something. Do you fake anything? We fake nothing. But, no, how we keep the records from skipping is we use a program called Serato, which I... I really love and it it's you use the turntables and records but the records have computer information that sends the music f- from the computer into the mixer and then everything's the same but you can set it so that it won't skip like if the needle pops off the music will stop but where it drops it'll continue where it left off so when you're in a club like the one we're in tonight where there's no no space between the the crowd and the tables and you have like a drunk girl that's going like this trying to like move something like last time we played here or like you look over and she's got two rca cables and she's going like this looking at you <laughs> the, when those type of things happen you can make sure the music doesn't stop but lp you're up there two dudes on the turntables there may not be something to do at all times. Is there any indication that you might be faking something if people are looking from the audience? Or wh- how can we tell you're not faking it? Because don't you feel like this kind of fake in a bit? Like this, like walking over pretending to look for a record or something? Because with a band, at least there's a break in between songs. There's no breaks for Mastercraft, is there? No, no, there's always something to do. I mean, if, um, if one of us is uh, queuing up a track, then we can, the other guys usually screw in with some EQ or... Um, you know, doing some drops or, or getting ice for a drink, yeah. or you know, making drinks. We can have a little conversation sometimes. Having cigarettes, stuff like that. I mean, even go to the bathroom. We take full advantage of what we can get away with. Mastercraft, I have a quote for you from Mastercraft. I think it's not a band; it's a brand. That's from. <laughs> That's from that guy with that show that where he teaches kids to play rock music. That's uh, Gene Simmons, my hero. And Bon Jovi. Really? Bon Jovi said that too? Yeah, they're a brand too, not a band. That's terrifying. What, what else? You agree with that? Do Mastercraft agree with that? You're not a band. You are a brand. You are Mastercraft. Will you slot yourselves along Bon Jovi and Gene Simmons? Yes. Yes. Uh, they're both... They're both doing well. I mean, Bon Jovi's got that great hairstyle. Isn't he, isn't he on a TV show now? I thought Bon He's got a new wife. Hmm. So do I, but... Or one of those guys does. Yes, congratulations. So I didn't have one before, so I don't know if it still counts as a new wife. What commercials have you been involved with, Jesse, in all your bands? Were you on a Verizon commercial? I guess both my bands were on a, a Verizon commercial. <laughs> Where can we hear Mastercraft? Uh, you can check out our MySpace, of course. And, um, but any ads? Can we hear you on any ads? I'm just curious. You know, the brand element of Mastercraft. Uh, let's see. What do we got going right now? Yeah, well, Verizon 
Wireless wanted to use our remix of Sexy Results that we did for Death From Above. This is to which we received no money for, but I, I got some from. And I haven't seen that one yet. And also uh, MTV Urge, is that? In the States, it's like, it's like uh, iTunes kind of thing. They wanted to use our Mastercraft track Paris. And uh, who are we to fight with MTV, you know? Thanks, MTV. The commercial's kind of weird, but I guess it works. You know, it works for Moby. Remember, didn't he, like, do that whole album? Basically just, you know, car commercial, Bailey's, whatever he could sell it for, because no one was interested in it before, because it's boring. Mastercraft, can I please ask you about your logo right here? Here we have you. Can you hold that, LP? What is going on there? Is that your logo? Wait, sorry. What is, yeah, what is this? This is promoting the gig tonight. And what I'd like to ask you about is, is that not the Atari, the, hold on here. Is that not the Atari logo? That's not, this is, has nothing to do with us. This has to do with Shine. Shine Nightclub, 364 Water Street. That, that's what they thought would be cool. See, I thought, if you look at this for a second, we have the Atari logo, and then we have Mastercraft. Yeah, that's, that's not so hip. Now, what I was wondering was, first off, Atari, you can do that if you alter it 30%. That's what I heard. You could steal that logo. So I was wondering, how did you steal that logo? Well, you altered it 30%. We worked really hard. We spent hours. Actually, I used the 30% reduce uh, filter in Photoshop. No, uh, there, there's our logo. Look, there it is. No, it's not there either. I'm just kidding. But let's go back to this for a second, if we could, Jesse, of Mastercraft. Now, here we have a logo, which is not your logo, but underneath here, but interesting enough, Atari, we have Mastercraft. Now, can I walk into Canadian Tire and buy some... Mastercraft things? Exactly. We know what? Our, our logo's also changed by 30%. Our name, actually, is... The name is definitely changed by 30%, the 30% rule. So I think this is amazing trademark infringement. Atari and Canadian Tire... Canadian what? Sorry. <laughs> However, all is not lost. Do you remember the band The Postal Service? Yes. And they named themselves after? The Postal Service. And what happened in the United States of America when the Postal Service from the U.S. found out that there was a band called The Postal Service? Well, I don't know what happened. They worked out a deal. So now Sub Pop has Postal Service CDs for sale in... America? In the post office. Crazy. They worked out a deal. They sell the CDs in the post office? Yes, the postal service sells postal service CDs in the post office. That was the deal they worked out for the trademark infringement. That's genius. So what I'm thinking, Mastercraft, maybe time to approach Canadian Tire. Yeah. And you can get Mastercraft CDs in Canadian Tire. So when I go to buy a nice new chamois for waxing my car, I could also pick up an extra copy of our record. <laughs> <laughs> Do they still sell those like turntable cassette deck combo things there? So then you could you could buy the record and something to listen to it on. Save like Santa and give like Scrooge. Wait, that's yeah. <laughs> I was making you say it. <laughs> and we're here in Vancouver, BC, Canada with Master... Craft. Now, Master Craft, are people critical of you guys at all? You're in the public eye. Are people critical of you? Um, maybe, but we don't pay that much attention. How about for 
for your videos? Do people overanalyze your videos at all, LP? Uh, we we got a little bit of flack for our uh, video for Easy Love because people thought it was, I don't know, too raunchy or whatever. But I thought people were taking it too far. They didn't like the milkshake. They were getting mad over a milkshake. What is this world coming to? It was it was pretty tasty. It was actually a straw strawberry yogurt milkshake with like honey in it, and it was all natural ingredients. It was it was serious. There was sixty. 60 gallons of it made. Because people are saying the Easy Love video, that's gross, man. The milkshake looks like Pepto-Bismol. Well, strawberry milkshake does look like Pepto-Bismol. But that's pretty harsh when the fan analyzes the contents of the milkshake. You know, they're talking about it. You have another video called Work on You. That took six weeks to make? That's incredible, isn't it? Well, well... We found this uh, animation company that was like a childhood friend of my sister worked there. And he's like, yeah, we're between TV shows. And so the whole animation company in Halifax had didn't wasn't working. And so it's like, well, as luck would have it, we really need an animated video. Guys, are you, you guys into Transformers at all? Can you do this? And, and uh, yeah, they did it. Is that the power of being on a major label affiliate like Last Gang? You can actually hire an entire warehouse of people. You can put people back on the streets or unemployed in the Maritimes and you bring them back. Is that the power of Mastercraft? It's, uh, it's a good part of knowing good people with a good work ethic. Because the video, when you look at it, is amazing. Thanks. Jesse, oh. Kaleidoscope. Kaleidoscope. Halifax. Jesse and LP. Jesse, your dad, of course, was in David Clayton Thomas and the Bossman and the Shays. Yes. A great band. Now, you've said that he had a great sound for his band. How did he get that big, fat sound? Like, your dad was in a 1960s band. I was just curious. What did he tell you about recording techniques? Uh, He said that all his records were made under great duress and that his manager used to lie to them and tell them they were just making a demo. So don't worry about how rough it sounds. And then they would release them. And I think they just, you know, that was the, the thing. Like, the Sonics and everybody was, were pushing the recordings, you know. Do you have access to all the master tapes? Like, could you go in and remix? I've heard that you might go in and remix. My dad would actually love for me to, to go in and, and remix the stuff. But it was all two-track anyway. So I don't know what we could do. All we could do is really just, like, you know, maybe just remaster it again. Wait a second, Al P. You don't like that expression. It was only two-track anyway. You can do a lot with the two-track, can't you? No, I just <laughs> just leave it at that. I mean, it was recorded that way. Like we're just You could sample the bass line or something like that, because isn't that some of your hints for Mastercraft? Just take the little hook, the best little thing, and put it over and over and over again? So you don't need the entire song, do you? No, that's true, I guess, but... We can't we can't get any discrete tracks from a two track recording, so it, we'd be working. It would be more of like a French touch, like chop up, as nice opposed to, to a remix. It'd be nice to have those things on CD though, and not just on a, a forty five that's been stored in a a box by my parents' TV since it was made. So, Mastercraft, when you do a remix, you want to use all the tracks. Do you want to use all the tracks? Do you feel like we have to use all the tracks? We want to do it right. We got to use everything. <laughs> See. No, we don't use anything pretty much but the vocals, ever. So what's the difference? Two tracks. Who cares? You could try to separate it. Yeah, but that's... No, no, see, that's where the problem is. You can't, you can't just separate it like that. Ryan, with new technology on your side? No, we're, it's, it's not that good. We've got a long way to go yet. 
Jesse, what names have you used over the years? What false names have you used? You are Jesse F. Keeler of Mastercraft, but what false names have you used over the years? Oh. What? The... I don't know. Casino Steel? Uh, my email. Wait, edit that out. Don't let that be on television. <laughs> Who knows how it's spelled? No, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I guess what I was wondering is, what fake names have you used over the years? I understand you've used some fake names over the years. You haven't always used Jesse F. Keeler, have you? Uh, like how? I didn't always use the F. Because I understand it was a Canadian hit 10 years ago that you perhaps were part of. And I was thinking, how can we believe that you are Jesse F. Keeler? How do we know that you are not Chris Shepard? <laughs> I am, Prove to me you are Jesse F. Keeler and not Chris Shepard. I, it's true. I am Chris Shepard. I, I, I left my floppy toque at home and uh, I bought some smaller clothes. What would make you think that he is Chris Shepard there, Al P? What are the similarities between Jesse and Chris Shepard? I mean, it's pretty obvious. Um, it's pretty obvious. Uh, hold on. Let me just take a look. No, sorry. We're just... I don't know. I don't know, dude. I don't know. I don't know what you're getting at. What are we talking about? I love what Al P was saying while you were on the phone. Oh, I don't know anything about Chris Shepard. I don't know anything about Chris Shepard. You know what? I know something about Chris Shepard. That he uh, used to own the, or started the Bovine Sex Club in Toronto, which is now like a, the dirty rock hole in Toronto, but it was Chris Shepard. I wanted to start that rumor because remember there was that rumor going around that started by Buddyhead fanzine that Julian of the Strokes was the kid from the movie Big. Really? Yeah. So <laughs> wouldn't he have been way bigger by now? <laughs> so Jesse Keeler Hansen being the kid from uh, Wonder Years? No, not the Wonder Years. The was the Wonder Years? Yeah. yeah. Paul. Yeah, Marilyn Manson from the Wonder Years, and then of course now Jesse F. Keeler is Chris Shepard. Shepard, yeah. And LP helps deny that because he knows nothing about it. That's the Michael Stipe technique. Ignore. Don't talk. Say nothing. Uh, yeah, I've, I've always found that with Michael Stipe. Winding up here, Mastercraft, I would like to ask you about your amazing CD. What can you tell me about this die cut? How many Canadian bands have die cut CDs these days? Uh, not nearly enough, I guess. And that was made by Syrupop, right, Al? Yes, sir. An amazing package. Probably really kicked up the cost of it, too. What can you say about Syrupop and Die Cut? Because this is really cool. Die Cut. There aren't many, are there? Well, um, we got Syrupop to do the art for our, our first single in the beginning, too. And uh, when we came to the record, we just said, what have you guys wanted to do? Money is not, a, money is not like an issue. Not that it, not that that was true, but uh, yeah, and just like do whatever you guys wanted to do, and so it was so funny because at first when they'd send us the art, it would look like this, right? But just the holes, and it was all white, and there was no <laughs> no images at all. They just sent us what it would look like, like a completely blank cover with holes cut in it, and they're like, "Well, here we're working on it," and then suddenly we got this, and there's foil. This is actually foil printing on the cover so that it disappears in certain angles. They really went overboard and I love it. You know, you gotta give, there's gotta be a reason why you should buy the record and not just download the art, print it off in your laser printer and stick it in a gem case. And you know, also this is just like exactly the same as our 12 inch. And you know, 
if the records record companies stuck with making vinyl they wouldn't be in the problem they are now with everyone downloading it'd be fun to download records though, like have them come out of your computer actually merge records is something very close to that where you buy like a 12 inch and you get the free download yeah i heard about that i like that idea it's a good one lp what videos have mastercraft been in not necessarily as mastercraft but what sort of appearances have you been in you know, like Biff Naked was in a moist video. Really? And of course, Jesse F. Keeler is in uh, yeah. a Magneta Lane video. That's yeah. right. That was fun. You played a villain. Yeah, but you know, in the two videos that I've been in that weren't for me, I've been a vampire both times, and I, I feel like I'm getting typecast. <laughs> I think it's kind of weird, and, and fangs don't stick in my mouth. And what videos were those? Magneta Lane? Yeah, Magneta Lane and uh, Major One. I was supposed to be like uh, Billy Van, and it totally didn't work out. They put green makeup on my mustache, too. But I guess it was kind of cool. So you're going to work out any appearances for Al P. Is Al going to make it anywhere on video? Yes. No. Oh, no. <laughs> that smirk was amazing. <laughs> He'll be in videos. He's incredibly photogenic and an, an amazing poser. Did you guys play Abiza? Did you play Abiza? <laughs> no, we were asked and supposed to, and then we uh, decided not to. Well, we will next year. This sounds amazing, Abiza. I've always read about this. Is that how you pronounce it, Abiza? How do you pronounce that place? What is that place? It depends on who you ask. It's just an island off of Spain where everyone goes and gets really drunk and takes weird drugs and dances for like eight days straight and then goes back to England because that's what all the English tourists do. Jesse F. Keeler, are you going to become the next Melissa Oftemauer? Um, I like Melissa. She's really cool. But no. Why might Jesse become the next Melissa Oftemauer LP? Um, I don't know why. Because of my curly red hair. Uh, I'm not. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not going to do it. No, I will not. I will not be the next Melissa Oftemauer. She's really, she's a good photographer, really, really nice, but I, I don't want to be here, you know? <laughs> well, thank you very much, Mastercraft. Anything else you want to say to the people out there at all? Oh, this is, this is always the hardest question. Al has a great answer for it, though. <laughs> Why should people care about Mastercraft? Why should people care? You don't have to care about Mastercraft. Well, thanks much, Mastercraft. <laughs> Keep on rocking in the free world and do 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 do. Thank you, Ryan. I'm going to just go right. <laughs> 
Thank you. 